Hello and welcome to the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. I'm Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and before we begin, just a quick disclaimer. I'm not a doctor, and this podcast is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease or condition. It is not intended to be taken as medical advice and is informational in nature only. For any medical advice or information, please talk to your doctor or primary care physician. All right, let's get on with the show. So today we are here with Gia Macaroni of Makeshift Mermaid on YouTube and MakeshiftMermaid.com and Makeshift Mermaid on Instagram, all of the social media platforms. Wait, are you on? Yeah, you're on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, at at Gia Macaroni because at Makeshift Mermaid was too many characters. It was monsters. I know. Okay, well, at Gia Macaroni, and obviously all of this will be in the show notes, and you probably know who she is anyway because, you know, she's her. Um, so I thought we would just chat about keto, more or less about vegan keto. So I guess we'll, we'll kick it off with the actual questions I sent you so that we can yep. at least start with the best of intentions of this being organized. Yeah, we'll, we'll attempt it. We'll attempt. <laughs> and for background for everyone else, the reason that we're one, so giggly, and two, pretending like we're going to stick to a schedule is because we've actually been chatting for an hour and a half now <laughs> and haven't been recording, so... Well, well, given the context that we've never actually spoken on the phone to each other before, so this was like a real novelty, and then, uh, yeah, it just ended up being an hour and a half long. Exactly, and we were joking about how we would go over time, but obviously, I mean, it's way worse than we thought, than we could ever have imagined. (laughs) We were like, oh yeah, we'll just do a 10 minute, you know, quick, (laughs) getting our uh, chemistry going, and getting our back and forth going, and then, uh, yeah, it's now... uh, (laughs) Here we are, 90 minutes later. Yeah. All right, so question one on our very official list. How did you get into keto? What made you start a vegan keto diet? Well, so I I watched a load of the documentaries, like most of us do, and decided to go vegan, at least for a while. It was a bit of a, you know, on and off, as you do when you kind of start. Of course. And um, I ended up one being completely addicted to just potatoes (laughs) which is like the most random thing like potatoes rice like tortillas everything everything carby and then I was like what about if I do because obviously like we've all heard of Atkins we've all heard of um all of these other sort of lower carb diets but I'd never kind of experimented myself I was like surely there must be vegan keto you know recipes out there start researching it I'm like oh this this could actually be good um and then I mean I've talked about this before and I'll say it again but you were actually quite a massive uh influence in me starting uh well like you know you're one of the biggest people on this um in our little community so it was a really good place to start by using some of your recipes and having a look through um your website buying the book which I eventually did get um and yeah just been going from there thank you I will send your check in the mail um (laughs) okay hashtag not sponsored (laughs) and this was recent for you too so I I know you mentioned the other day you really only been doing this for six months but yeah but you've been so successful like I know in your Instagram bio you talk about how you've lost 60 pounds that's yeah I mean, like, we'll say some of that is going to be water weight, um, but obviously a lot of that is pure 
weight loss and I've never had that before where I've been able to keep a steady you know loss that's incredible and did you find it that it was difficult or I mean I know some people really really struggle when they first start with keto for many different reasons but did you encounter any problems like keto flu or I guess oh I mean there was a big learning curve with the electrolytes and my (laughs) stash of supplements is now many many and I mean I'm I'll say to you all like you don't need all of these supplements but it was more for me to kind of experiment and to see what would work for me what kind of supplements would work in my diet um things that I might not get from other things from other sort of sources that maybe I I don't enjoy so I'm not going to add them to my diet and I'd rather just have a supplement for that right and I mean I think starting keto it can be so overwhelming for people exactly vegan keto where it's not really as well known so sometimes just taking out that variable and saying I'm not going to worry about this now I will deal with getting this for my food later but for absolutely right I mean obviously that there is you can be on a completely um macro and micronutrient sufficient diet on a vegan keto diet but there's some things when you're starting out you're not going to be worrying about that and you might suffer a lot more because of that because you're not getting your electrolytes you're not getting enough water uh, enough protein enough fat anything absolutely and and like you said so much um you can get all of these vitamins and nutrients from food especially because so much is already fortified like I, I think the BioLife cheese, like fake cheese, obviously, but the BioLife cheese is even fortified with B12. It's amazing. Exactly, yeah. And like one tablespoon of nutritional yeast. Exactly. And so it's totally possible for those of you wondering. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with taking supplements, especially to sort of bridge yourself over from eating like a, a standard Western diet yeah. to now eating a keto diet. And I mean, I know that we do kind of more complicated versions of (laughs) uh, recipes and stuff like that. But it is so easy to start off really simply um, and really clean with veggies and a meat sauce. I mean, you know, I eat a lot of tofu. I know some people do have a slight issue with that, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a lot of other protein sources that you can have. Um, And, you know, just by doing that, I mean, you'll see at the sort of beginning of when I'm posting, I'm posting a lot of simple things that are honestly just veggies and spinach and avocado and, yeah, just really simple stuff. Yeah, I think we both still post a lot of that stuff because it's it's simple, but it's it works. It's the standard reason. It's one pot. It's all very nutrient dense it tastes mm-hmm. good it's really easy and some days you just want to throw a bunch of things in a pan casually forget about it for 10 minutes <laughs> and then come back and have dinner yeah and especially I mean I started off with um OMAD one meal a day um for, you, for those of you that don't know I'm sure you all do mm-hmm. um and I think that was really helpful with kind of trying to break the sort of snacking patterns and um the sort of fear of not eating at set meals right yeah actually that's a really interesting point because I know that intermittent fasting and OMAD are both really popular right now especially within keto and paleo and all of these sort of I want to say alternative ways of eating even though they're totally that's all oh, I yeah. can see now but it really yeah. gets in the fringe still 
I think because we're so surrounded, like every time I see something that's not, I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but so you say you used to do OMAD, and I always, I always find it interesting when people do things like that because it's so different for everyone, and people's experiences yeah. are also different. So was there a, a tipping point where you decided not to do it anymore, or um, was something that didn't feel right? Well, I mean, I think I could still do it. I I still choose to do sort of um, 24 or minimum of 18-6 intermittent fasting. Right. Um, but I did find that with OMAD, I would get really tired after like my one big meal. And I'd never feel the sort of motivation to go work out because afterwards I'd be so tired or before I'd be kind of hungry, you know? Right. I can see that. I Yeah. I also find that the calorie, it's just too much for me at one time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'd rather kind of split it up into two meals. And I think um, the other thing with OMAD is that we, obviously, we get a lot of fibre from our diet. Right. And if we're getting all of that fibre from one meal, Mm -hmm. I really did struggle. (laughs) Like, the bloating was horrendous. Oh, I'm laughing because I've been there. (laughs) It's so true. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about your intermittent fasting schedule. Mm-hmm. Do you have, I mean, obviously you eat different things every day, but do you have sort of set meals that you eat or what types of foods do you tend to eat every day? I mean, things that I'm not sort of posting to Instagram or <laughs> um, talking about, I mean, they're honestly very similar to kind of the one pot things or just, um, I know my, I know my, a tofu toast recipe is very popular so I'll often just like put that in the oven and it'll be sorted I'll have that with an avocado right. uh, for one of my meals and then the other one is probably like stir fry or um I, I eat a hell of a lot of cauliflower rice at the moment I don't know like what that vibe is but it's <laughs> happening <laughs> so I yeah I think we all eat a lot of cauliflower mm. rice at this point Cauliflower has had the biggest glow up of 2019. It really has. Who would have thought five years ago or 10 what? years ago that we would be putting cauliflower in every conceivable meal? <laughs> but no, I mean, that's probably, I mean, obviously coffee. I think I think we both know that uh, we drink a lot of coffee. And I mean, I'll probably have a bulletproof coffee in the morning to kind of tide me over. Because I don't really see an issue with having, you know, uh, bulletproof coffee even if I'm still in my fasting stage absolutely and for those of you who want to know how Gia makes her coffee I know she posts a lot of it in her stories sometimes and also you have a few posts just I in do yeah that have recipes so Gia has a ton of recipes on her Instagram feed that I know I need to put them on my website though I feel uh, it's not good <laughs> but you also your website is growing so you got her website as well because she has more than just the one picture and instructions and she breaks everything down and it's just way more information like not sponsored but squarespace is amazing (laughs) (laughs) otherwise i don't think i would have been able to get the website out in like a day well it's beautiful so everyone should go check it out i just need the kind of directory that you do you'll get there i'll get that so when you're eating these meals I know you do kind of quasi track your fasting window do you track your macros and your calories and all that um fasting wise you kind of know because 
if you're doing it sort of every day, you know what time you're going to sort of end it. We eat at the same time kind of every night, so it's pretty easy. But, I mean, macro, macros-wise, once you've sort of tracked for, like, a month or two, you sort of know how much carbs are in every vegetable. <laughs> um, in Like, you know, you can read labels. It's not... Um, <laughs> they don't suddenly get taken away and you just have to add it to uh, whatever, you know, calorie calculator you're using um and if you're eating simply it is pretty like you know easy to sort of tell um but often there's just days where I won't track because it's just it can get sort of exhausting um I I can't remember what that kind of um phrase is where they're like it's decision like if you've got a lot of decisions it makes you exhausted of making those decisions you just want something there (laughs) I know what you're talking about and I also can't think of the phrase but it's the reason that Obama (laughs) said he had one suit because it was just one less decision to make every day it's just too much for every day (laughs) and as you said it's once you've done keto for enough time you you know your tolerance levels you know how much of what vegetables you can really eat you just you start knowing you just yeah it's so silly to say that especially if you're new and you're thinking I will never know no you will you get to a point where it's just it's just second nature to you what well, oh, on airplanes I always just like order the raw vegan one. Oh, that's smart because it's just get like veggies and like a little bit of fruit you know some nuts but it's fine exactly oh and what do you order when you go out to a restaurant is it just uh, I mean you hope that there's going to be something that you can kind of like put together <laughs> um but like, I'm not too strict when I go out because at the end of the day like one meal isn't gonna put you back a couple of months a couple of weeks so if you do end up eating carbs when you're out it doesn't really matter but if let, let's say I'm I'm sticking completely it'd probably be like some sort of uh, avocado salad and they would hopefully have some tofu or um or, or they've got like a beyond burger option and i'll have that with vegetables or something or the, there are always options yeah you can always get a salad is what i found yeah. and yeah. at the very least they just take off the cheese and you can have them put on something else exactly i think chipotle has really nailed that where you can have double cork and your tofu and there you go yeah that's actually pretty amazing when you think about it because that's a very rare thing to find I mean I think Mexican food in general is just much easier to sort of um work around that's true most of my recipes at the start that I was posting were just like variations of like taco and taco stir fry and like tofu with taco seasoning avocados everywhere well, I think it's just an excuse for us to put more guacamole on. It's so true. So, Not that we need an excuse for more guacamole. No, no. That is, yes, that's uh, the amount of avocados that I went through at the start. Yeah, so at the start, so when I first started doing keto, I basically just ate the same meal every night. I ate the yeah. same things every day because it was easy. Did you do that? Do you have a meal that you can't eat anymore because all you can think of is how much you overate it at the start lettuce wraps mm, okay I ate so many 
like it, almost like every meal and the um like tofu scrambles I used to eat all the time yeah so I think like I've had to have a little bit of a break from that <laughs> for everyone at home I'm currently sc- scrolling through my own Instagram because <laughs> I can't remember when I posted it um yeah I mean I think I've been eating more like burrito bowls and um although my uh, my newfound black bean spaghetti has been life-changing it's delicious I, I yeah I can I'm so happy you found it <laughs> and Aldi as well so very cheap oh nice I was wondering because I have to buy mine at TJ Maxx and so- where we get everything <laughs> random I love that it's I have to as if it's a, a special <laughs> trip that I'm making and it's so out of my way and I never go there uh, for you guys at home, we uh, we kind of send our hauls from it's TK Maxx in the UK and obviously TJ Maxx um, in the US, and uh, <laughs> we find lots of weird things. Yeah, that's a life tip, yeah. life pro tip for everyone. If you are looking for keto specific weird food items, go to TJ Maxx or Winners or TK Maxx, whatever it's called in your country. Just do yourself that favor and go there because. They have a surprisingly impressive food section and the prices are all very reasonable. Exactly. Especially, I know the syrups are slightly controversial, but I couldn't have my coffee without them. Well, and they even have um, keto coffee creamers and ghee, which is amazing. They have a dairy-free one. Oh, I see. I haven't seen that in mine yet, so I need to be on the lookout. But Yeah, keep your eyes peeled because... Not that you need the keto creamer because you can just use coconut milk or canned coconut yeah, milk. Yeah, we're just fans of just buying whatever <laughs> we see that's vegan and keto. I know. The marketers get us. They know. Although I did finally find the powdered MCT oil, didn't I? So That's right. Yeah. Yet to find the unsweetened one, though. But you have many flavors that I haven't seen. I, by the way, people at home are probably like, will they stop talking about TJ <laughs> The answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not sponsored. But no, no. love TJ Maxx. So what, what do you think has been your biggest challenge of being both vegan and keto? Because sometimes one or the other is challenging enough, but then the combination can be just a little bit too much. I mean... We can kind of like spout sort of vegan privilege that obviously a lot of people might not have access to the things that we do, right. like the MCT oil and maybe the things that make it easier for us to be sort of sustainable on this diet. But um, I, I honestly think that the biggest challenge of like you know trying to kind of overcome it was um, throwing out every book that you knew about like nutrition and diet and trying to suddenly take on this community well you know like outside of obviously our community that fears low carb and I just I didn't quite understand how much of a pushback there would be have you found pushback is it from friends or family or just I mean everyone honestly really I mean, because obviously, like, we've got a, such a lovely community, but once you start, like, go outside that, I mean, Gillian Michaels making that slandering, you know, whole, <laughs> like, what was it, like, a 30-minute long video about oh, yeah. how keto is not the answer. But, you know, people that still, obviously, like, if you're training, 
you can still afford to eat all those carbs. But if you're not training like three like you know hours a day, I don't see how you can still, um, especially like obviously it could be a genetic thing, it could be anything. Um, but there is a reason why people succeed on low carb. Mm over other diets and I think once you sort of realize that maybe calories aren't all the answers like they haven't got all the answers then you sort of realize that maybe doing like even if this is for the greater good for yourself other people will still have a different opinion to you and that's fine does that make sense (laughs) absolutely I was just I started thinking really a little bit on that because you're right there is so much pushback from the greater nutrition community we'll say and fitness and all of the it's not even necessarily an I guess a direct pushback but just no. that's out there yeah because obviously all the science is kind of based towards um calories and lowering fat and lowering salt and lowering everything else but carbs right and that's that was never an issue obviously when the Atkins kind of phase came in everyone you know was drinking cream and whatever and butter right which I mean, um, they still do now. So. Oh yeah, true, true. Uh, just not in our community. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you kind of like look inside your own community. You're like, oh, maybe maybe this is where I'm meant to be, rather than you know where people are. Like, obviously, it does work for some people, um, like a higher carb diet. Right. But then you do see that later on they're having issues with inflammation and they're having issues with bloating and you're like maybe this could have been um squashed if they'd sort of decided to follow a different diet so I think it's all about sort of a balance of um trying to decide what's the most sustainable for you right so from that I take it that you are not a big calorie tracker no well obviously I've calculated my 2DE right and I'll base it off of that and I'll keep it in mind but I'm not gonna you know freak out if I go over by like 30 calories I'm not gonna freak out if I go under by like a couple of hundred right yeah I think and also like your body kind of tells you if you're still hungry right and every day is different I think something that's often overlooked is aspect like neat like non-exercise activity Mm -hmm. um a lot of the times we're just sort of told that you put in your height and your weight and your general activity level and it spits out a number, but that number is, it's kind of a guess. It's not yeah. fast. So if you have a day that's over that number, you're fine. If you have a day that's under that number, you're probably fine. And that number might not even be accurate for you. You might fidget enough. Yeah. That you've burned an extra 300 calories that day, or you might just not be realizing how active you are. Exactly. But it's always better to kind of underestimate right. your activity rather than overestimate and then still be eating way too many calories. Because obviously, like, calories do still matter, but maybe not as much as we all thought they did. Kind of tangential, but also kind of related. I don't trust the calorie counts on machines at the gym ever. Oh, I know. I go off. Um, uh, the thing is, I don't even trust my Apple Watch. Uh, yeah, I don't trust my Fitbit for calories either. I'm like... Did I really burn that? I like, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not even sweating. Right. Like, there's no oh, way that that yeah. would be a calorie workout. Uh, 
All right. So we've talked about your staple meals that you eat, like chia pudding and everything. But are there any staple food items, like pantry items that you just keep around all the time because you know you can always do something with them? I mean, you have to have like almond flour, coconut flour, um, erythritol, anything to make a baked good. Like (laughs) anything that you can make a pancake out of, like I'll be happy for the next (laughs) couple of days. This is my real friend. Yeah. And like you have to have some dark chocolate as well. Oh, for sure. Okay, so what yeah. level of dark dark chocolate do you like? Because I know some people like the full on hundred percent dark chocolate, but some people consider dark chocolate to start around fifty five. So, I mean, I, I kind of go for the lowest that I can, I as long as it's sweetened with erythritol or um, stevia. That's fair. Oh, do you have any recommendations for low carb chocolate? Um, well, I've actually just tried the. Uh, it used to be keto cacao, but it's now funky fat foods. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they've uh, they do those little bars. I think I showed you, um, and I've posted about it on Instagram. You and they've got a the white yeah, chocolate one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the white chocolate one is amazing because I have not had white chocolate in so long. And I am with you. I actually really like white chocolate. I know it's a very controversial yeah. opinion to have. But... Um, but also, I mean, Lily's is great. But obviously, I can't really get it while I'm over here. But right. um, bring on November. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to get you nice and stocked up with all of yep. the different brands. Okay, well, I feel like this is a really good place to stop for today. So we will continue this in part two, everybody. Stay tuned.